A fast pass is preferred, but the best conversations happen in the standby queue. Welcome back for episode three. I'm your host, Mariah Harrison. You can probably guess by the title of this one that this is a bit of a different episode. So you would usually hear from a handful of guests, right? That's how it's been from episode one. But this episode, story time, these types of episodes are only going to have one guest and it's mostly going to be a collection of their stories. To start us off, I have former Imagineer Brian Collins. So we covered so much during our conversation. He's a writer, and that's what they call the Imagineers who worked on the great movie ride. That's something I didn't know before, and now I know. Um, That was the ride inside of the Chinese theater at Hollywood Studios and is now home to Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. And if you stick around until the end of this episode, you'll hear what happened when he rode Mickey and Minnie's for the very first time time and it's a really good story and perfect for a podcast like this one that's all the teaser uh, all the spoilies i'll give you right now um so enjoy our first story time with former imagineer brian collins first i just want to hear about your brand of imagineering what projects would you work on you know what was your thing when you were an imagineer so my thing when I was an Imagineer was working on as a uh, show writer. And when you talk about working as a show writer, you're not uh, writing shows per se. You're writing for the Disney show as a whole. Um, so in that capacity, my job was to write scripts and spiels for the attractions. Um, I worked on uh, some of like at the Jungle Cruise, the Albert Awal radio broadcast that you hear when you're standing in line. I worked on plussing the script for the great movie ride, um, all kinds of like creative uh, plaques and signs that you would find throughout the theme parks. Um, And then every once in a while, I got to stick my toe in some other projects, um, working on uh, some theming of the attractions and um, uh, performance direction and that type of thing. Tell me about something you worked on from The Great Movie Ride. That's so cool. Yeah. So The Great Movie Ride w- was a great attraction. Um, at one point, I was uh, sitting at my desk. My boss came up to me, which when that happened, I usually knew it was going to be a really interesting day. And um, he said, well, we want to have you work on seeing if you can uh, fix up the script a little bit for The Great Movie Ride. Uh, the script was was actually in pretty good shape, but the attraction had been running for a few years at that point. And it was just kind of a good time to go in and kick the tires, let's say. Um, and there were some performance uh, issues, um, some staging issues, and um, just freshening up some of the scripting in there. So uh, I spent a few months working on that with one of my colleagues. Um, not only uh, freshening up the script itself, but also um, working on the staging so that everybody that went through the attraction got a great show 
um, no matter where they were sitting in the ride vehicle, for example, or um, also to take care of um, some issues like when the uh, gangster or the bandit, uh, as part of that attraction, there was a gangster character or a bandit yes. character. Oh, I'm, I'm familiar, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they would come out and they would like hijack the ride vehicle from the tour guide. And then they would take the unsuspecting guests through uh, the attraction. Well, there were uh, some issues with, for example, how the uh, gangster or the bandit would hold their gun. And at one point, actually, when the attraction first opened up, um, the uh, gangster would actually come out and actually shoot the tour guide. And the tour guide had like a rip away pocket and would do this over the top comedic death and kind of fall out of view and then the gangster would, would hijack the vehicle and off they go. Well, I guess at some point they realized it probably wasn't the best idea to have the gangster shooting people inside the attraction. Um, so we went back and we kind of restaged that a little bit. So uh, from that point forward, the, the gangster, the bandit never pointed their gun at another human. They always shot like in the air or off to the side. Um, so there were things like that, that, that we, uh, went in there and cleaned up a little bit. Do you have a favorite project that you worked on or do you have, um, some top, uh, maybe I'll give you some wiggle room if you want to do three, <laughs> if you don't have just one. Um, yeah, it's like pick your favorite kid, right? Right. Um, <laughs> so you know, certainly the, the high profile ones are, are the low hanging fruit. Um, the great movie ride working on, um, the jungle cruise, th those two certainly were, were lots of fun. Um, I would say there were probably a lot of smaller projects I worked on that some of them never even really kind of saw the light of day, uh, which isn't uncommon when, when you're working as an Imagineer. Um, but there were a lot of smaller projects I did that were just just as fun as those really big marquee attractions. Um, I remember at one point I had come up with an idea for uh, Pirates of the Caribbean um, for the queue areas. Guests are standing in line and going through the queue uh, through this um, kind of like this castle uh, into uh, this old uh, Spanish fort uh, before they board the attraction. I wanted to um, create a soundtrack that would be like a, a pirate taskmaster. And you would hear him saying things like, I mates, keep it moving. The captain will be seeing you, you know, in shackles oh, before yeah. the end of the evening. Right. Yes. And, um, you know, some bat sounds and water drips and things like that. Um, it was just a lot of fun. It, but that's one that what never happened? saw. What happened I, to it? I like it. Sounds <laughs> good know. to me. I, I, it sounded good to me. Um, you know, there's any of a million reasons why something may or may not um, happen. Um, I, I worked on um, Under the Sea, which is uh, the, the Little Mermaid attraction. And um, that's in the, the Magic Kingdom now. And I remember seeing a full-size mock-up of one of the scenes for that attraction in the early 90s. It was actually being created at that time for what was going to be a second gate for uh, what was uh, Disneyland Paris, Euro Disney at the time. Um, they were going to do a Disney MGM Studios Europe. And it never came to be, at least not for a very long time. 
Um, and it wasn't until about almost 20 years later when that attraction that had been created and I saw that mock-up all those years ago uh, finally came to be uh, when they redid uh, Fantasyland in the Magic Kingdom. So uh, there are all kinds of reasons why something may or may not happen. So so you try not to fall in love too much, with, um, which That's is sometimes hard like. to do. Yeah, keep yeah. your feelings from getting hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I do want to point out something, or I have a question. So officially, sure. it's Pirates of the Caribbean or Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> tomato, tomato. I, I don't know if there's like an official nomenclature or pronunciation. Um, I'm just an old salty dog, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's me, Mariah. No, the episode isn't over, but I do have something fun to tell you about. I would like to officially introduce the Q Club, aka the Standby Q Patreon feed. So for everyone asking for full-length interviews, this is how you get them, plus other audio extras and bonus episodes. And you have the option to get them all right where you're listening to the show right now. Joining the Q Club gets you access to three extra episodes, and that's just over an hour of extra content. There's just one tier for the Patreon. It's $3.50 a month, and that goes directly back into making and producing and distributing the show. You can find a link to join the Q Club and access the Q Club-only podcast feed in the show notes and on the Instagram, SBQ Podcast. story that makes you laugh the hardest from your imagineering days <laughs> um i'll tell you a pretty funny story that it, it actually predates my it, it has to do with when i was trying to get a job as an imagineer oh perfect i definitely am <laughs> interested i'm interested so and Okay, so so okay, kids, uh, don't try this at home. I, I'm <laughs> not warning. going to yeah, for warning. I'm not going to recommend this. Um, but this must so be good. <laughs> <laughs> so so I've been I, I applied to be an Imagineer a few different times and got a, uh, more than one rejection from them, and you know persistence eventually paid off, but. Uh, I'd like to think one of the things that tipped the scales in my favor is is um, at one point, I, I guess I maybe was getting a little bit frustrated or maybe it was the act of a desperate man. Who, who knows? Um, but I can't, I, you know, I, I had gotten a um, rejection from them and I'm like, well, I've got nothing to lose. So I went out and I bought one of those traditional Mickey Mouse ears. Uh, that the hats, right? Okay. With the Mickey Mouse ears. Yes. And I ripped off one of the ears, then I stuck it in an envelope, and then I made a little ransom note, and I actually cut like the little letters out of different magazines and stuff, and pasted them onto uh, the paper, and basically it said, 
want to be an Imagineer, am holding corporate symbol as hostage, willing to negotiate. And I stuck the ransom note in an envelope with the severed ear, and I sent it off to WDI, uh, to their uh, HR department, hoping that whoever received it would have a sense of humor. <laughs> um, but knowing very well, it could have been um, a situation where I had men in dark suits knocking on my door um, in the middle of the night asking what that was all about. I am trying and, uh, my hardest to laugh quietly, but I cannot <laughs> You did this, and obviously the person who opened it did have a sense of humor. Yeah. I, I learned years later that that ear and, and ransom note were actually hanging up in the uh, HR department for, for some time. Um, I, I mean, they deserve they to be it. in a glass case. They deserve to so. be in a case. I mean, yeah. how clever. It had style. I'll give you that. Style points. <laughs> Off the charts. Again. Do not do not recommend this um, to 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 others out there. There are some no. other ways to stand out, but that yes, one, and that one's been taken already. Can't can't duplicate. That one's it. been taken. That one's been taken, no. guys. <laughs> the next story I want to hear. Tell me a story that makes you feel nostalgic for the Imagineering days. What what um, what really brings those feelings out? This has to do with the very first time I rode on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which is the attraction that took over the Chinese theater at Disney Hollywood Studios. It's um, Chinese theaters where the great movie ride used to be, right? Yes. And right, I, I said before that you should never fall in love with your own work. But when you put your heart and soul into something like that, it's kind of hard not to, let's say, have a fondness for it. Right. And it took me a while to kind of get up the, I don't know if the nerve is the right way, but but just to, you know, go on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Um, it turns out it, it's a fantastic attraction. Nothing, you know, it had nothing to do with that, but it, it was just weird for me. So what happened is... Um, if, 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 one of the things that I'll do is I'll, I'll walk people through the parks and I'll kind of give them a tour from an Imagineering point of view, right? So I had done one of my tours in the morning. And uh, after I finished the tour, I was in the in, in the studios and I thought, well, now's a good time. I'll go and, and you know, I've got some time. I'll stand in line and, and ride the ride. And I was wearing one of my uh, Disney Imagineering polo shirts. And I, it was a chilly morning, so I had a WDI jacket on. And so it was pretty obvious, you know, uh, kind of stuck out there a little bit. And I get in, in line, and it was probably an hour or so wait to get onto the attraction. And as I'm standing in line and, and going through the queue, um, people start noticing my shirt, my jacket, and all that. And they're like, are you an Imagineer? And I was, had to explain, well, not anymore, but I used to be in... I actually, I worked on the Great Movie Ride, and the Great Movie Ride, you know, is, is just such a beloved attraction. Um, and, and the people were so warm in, in everything, and, and so, um, you know, just, just so nice, you know, when, when I told them what I did and the work I'd done in there. And they're like, how, how do you feel, you know, getting ready to... You know, now that they took it away. 
And I was like, you know, honestly, there are times where I just kind of feel like I want to cry. <laughs> and and they, they, it's like they all wanted to just kind of give me this big group hug. And by the time we finally got, you know, to the boarding area to, to get on the ride, we'd been standing in line now for like an hour. And I had this like whole group of like new friends, you know, of all these people who just, and it's like they were checking on me. Are, are you okay? Are, are, are you going to be all right? And it, it was it was very touching and a little bit humorous at the same time. Um, but, but um, you know, we, we went through. I, I made it through fine, no problems. <laughs> loved, loved the ride. When we got off, um, you know, a bunch of them came up to me. They're like, oh, you know, I, I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope it wasn't. And I was like, no, 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 it's great. It's fine. Um, and, and we all took a big group picture afterwards and everything, but um, it, it was just, you know, a very warm and fuzzy kind of a feeling. It's like they were kind of like looking out for me, like, you know, I had a dozen new moms and dads or something. So I love that story for two reasons. One, it is a great story and it kind of just shows, um, you know, just what what we mean by magic at the parks some because yeah. some people don't get it and yeah. i would you know i would put that under the umbrella of magic um yeah but then also that also brings me <laughs> crazily enough to just <sighs> the whole idea behind naming this podcast standby q yeah yeah and having these conversations with people and connecting on a different level sort of the way that you would be if you were stuck in line with someone for 30 yeah. minutes, 40 minutes up to an hour. Um, so that's exactly it. Yeah, exactly it. It, it, it. it was, it was really a very touching experience. Um, you know, the, the people that, um, work in that, that worked in the great movie ride, um, they, they go by the name riders. Um, <laughs> You know, there are certain attractions that a cast member uh, can work at, and, and right away you become part of a family. The Jungle Cruise Skippers is one of those. Um, Haunted Mansion hosts and hostesses is another. And The Great Movie Riders is probably the third one. And to this day, there are Facebook groups where they all, you know, communicate and, and stay in touch, and, and they've kind of brought me in as you know, part of that group, which is, you know, wonderful. Um, and, and, you know, not only it was that attraction beloved by the cast members, but, but by the, the general public too. I, I mean, it definitely was, was a fan favorite out there and standing in line having those conversations just really kind of reinforced how special and unique um, having the chance to work on something like that was for me. And that's the end of the queue. For more stories with Brian, join the Q Club. We talked about what he studied before becoming an Imagineer and how sometimes the backgrounds didn't always uh, match up with someone's specialty at WDI. You already heard the Q Club info, but I encourage you to check it out. Right now I have Erica Kazanave, Serena Lynn, and Brian Collins' episode available for club members right now with another one coming next week. 
Um, so the Q Club will get access to new episodes every week. And this feed, the Standby Q feed, will still update every other week. So if you blow through podcasts like I do, I think you'll appreciate the Q Club. So you can find the link to join and Brian's web links in the show notes. Thanks for listening.